Hello and welcome to episode four of the Retirable Podcast, season two. My name is Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. Obviously, there's been a lot of things going on uh, in the world, as we as we uh, as we know right now, um, and even it's busy this time of year for what we got going on with with work and so forth. You know, so usually at the end of the year. Um, or last quarter of the year, um, there's a lot of people that are trying to do some like tax planning coming up for the, the following year, or obviously scrambling to get the tax planning done for the year itself. Sure, sure. So oftentimes this time of the year, we're doing a lot of Roth conversions, um, meeting with clients and doing some tax planning. And that's very topical because we have a guest today that's going to talk a little bit about that in the in a few minutes. Let's see, in, in your work life now, when you're dealing with clients right now, what, what kind of stuff are you kind of seeing this time of year, would you say? Uh, it's, a, it's a great question, Mike. So end of the year, I mean, you're wrapping up, and, and it's stuff I know we're going to talk about in future episodes as well. You're, you're wrapping up a little bit as far as, are you doing any charitable giving, are you doing any, like you said, Roth conversions or just the generic term of tax uh, management, tax efficiency? You're looking at that kind of end of year stuff. And, and, and it's because you, you you pretty much have an idea now of, hey, what's my income going to be for the year? What are my plans for end of year? Maybe some gifting, maybe, you know, the holidays come, that type of stuff. That's when there's a focus there. You're also still talking a little bit about, again, future episodes, but you're also still talking a little bit, maybe depending on your age, about like the healthcare conversation, right? You have open enrollment towards the end of the year. You might be doing some beneficiary reviews. You know, you're looking, saying, okay, I'm going to be seeing people here at the end of the year. Maybe you're, you're updating beneficiaries, making sure everybody's correct, or if you're missing any information. So a lot of times the end of the year, is um, it's busy. I know with the holidays, it's busy with activity in our daily lives, but it's also one of those things where we kind of want to get things wrapped up as far as the, the the opportunities that might present themselves, right? Are there any uh, another opportunities? Are there any losses that you might be able to lock in and, and use that on your taxes carried forward? So all kinds of different opportunities you're trying to lock in towards the end of the year. No, I think there's no question about it. It's uh, very, very um, opportunistic that this time of year, especially when you have volatile markets like we're having right now too you know there's a lot of different uh opportunities that a lot of people may not even be aware of you know as far as that's concerned and and usually toward the end of the year as you're saying as well is uh, people become a little bit more charitable around the, the holiday sure. season and so they're looking for that kind of stuff and then sometimes if they wait too long then they may not be able to take that opportunity as well you know so they want to take advantage of it in the mail yesterday, I got my first uh, uh, holiday gifting uh, request for donations. Oh, really? So they've already started coming out. So yeah, that is, like you said, people being more charitable towards the end of the year. That's a huge part of planning. That's a huge opportunity that we can that we can look at that we'll talk about in the future. So after we kind of talk about our, our Roth conversation today. Oh, absolutely. Well, and and you, reminding about the mail, I remember John had a, uh, let's say, a historic birthday recently. And, and so one of the things I got in the mail after that 50th was that AARP magazine and, and membership. So uh, have, you, have you gotten that yet, John? You know, uh, you, you get that stuff all the time. It's actually funny. Um, my wife and I both turned 50 in the same year, so it actually came to her first. So uh, uh, she, I did not get anything like that. She did, She was the only one that got stuff. So, <laughs> Well, it, it's coming. But I did get a, a nice gift from you, Mike. Nothing from our guest, but I got a nice gift from you. Well, so thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, John. So we do have a guest here. His uh, name is Jeff Blime. He's been with Financial Services of America for over 20 years. He's one of our vice presidents. He does speaking engagements all over Southeast Michigan, as well as webinars. Uh, also a good friend of ours as well. So um, welcome, Jeff. Hey, guys. What's going on? 
Well, thank you for coming, Jeff. So today, um, the reason Jeff is here is Jeff is one of the leaders at our company in talking about um, Roth accounts, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, um, it, it, kind of the tax-free conversation. And so we brought Jeff on to kind of um, add another voice to this subject matter. And so what we're going to do is kind of interact a little bit with Jeff on this. So Jeff, most people at this point, I guess if we talked about this 10 years ago, this would be like you're teaching people brand new stuff. But Today, most people probably heard of this, but just kind of fill us in a little bit. So give us a basic understanding of what is a Roth type account, if you could. So, yeah, a lot of people now have heard of a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k where they work. But, you know, the whole basis behind uh, a Roth IRA compared to a traditional is that when you go to take the money out, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So the great debate, right, is the benefit. Do I take my tax break now? You know, well, when I put the money in an IRA or do I pay the taxes now, put the money in a Roth IRA and then 30, 40 years down the line, not pay any taxes at all. Okay. Well, obviously doing it the, the other way, if you do it mathematically, could be very beneficial to you and your family for having tax-free money. Sure. You know, especially at my programs, I like to speak, you know, showing couples what happens if they don't have any tax-free money and one of them passes away. The other one just gets bumped up into such a high tax bracket, yeah. and the only money they get to pull from is an IRA, and in it, most that, situations, that yeah. goes higher taxes, yeah. right? And, and so the surviving spouse just gets taxed to death. And so all of the people we work sure. with, we we love showing them, you know, like this is what we can do for your surviving spouse if something happens to you, you know, and you pass away. We can make sure that it, your surviving spouse doesn't have to pay, you know. 10, 20, 30, 40% more in taxes. And that's what we find oftentimes is that now that a lot of the individuals no longer have pensions, you know, they have this big, large um, bucket of money that's never been uh, taxed. And so it becomes a big issue in retirement. And so that's why with, um, especially with some of the new changes in the tax laws, well, they're not so new anymore, but we have to look at making sure that we're taking advantage of some of the tax-free situations because otherwise it's going to become, you know, oftentimes tax suicide in, in retirement if you're not um, doing some of that active planning. So, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit then, you know, who's eligible for a Roth? <laughs> That's such a great question because when I do my programs, people ask all the time, well, I can't get a Roth IRA. And so the, the easy answer is that every single person from a newborn baby to somebody who's 150 years old can get a Roth IRA. It's just the planning that has to go with it. So one of the, the things is people say, well, I can't get a Roth IRA. I don't have any earned income, well, which is true. That just means you can't deposit money into a Roth IRA, but it doesn't mean you can't do a Roth conversion. Okay. So, uh, so I, I heard you say this before and, and, um, I like the way it this way. You, you, you said it today, deposit. One of the ways I heard you say it before was, was contribute versus conversion. And, and, and the difference. So, so that like that that stuck with me. It made it made sense. So, contribute is if I'm working, I can, Correct. but you have to have income, right? Right. Um, are there income limits? Yeah, the income limits right now is a hundred and fifty three thousand dollars for a single taxpayer and two hundred and twenty eight thousand for a joint taxpayer. And that's and in 2023. That's in 2023. That'll, change, that'll right? adjust okay. in 2024. Okay. What I want to, Jeff to explain though too is that's not just for uh, an individual. If you're married and you're not working, can you still contribute? Yeah. So as long as the household has income, okay. you can contribute for you and your spouse. Awesome. You know, or other cool things like we teach people. You know, if you own your own company, right, and you have a you have a child at home, well, if you 
pay your child out of your company, your child then can contribute to a Roth IRA. Okay. So you could have a two-year-old actually getting a Roth IRA. And a lot of people don't know that. They think, oh, no, I have a child. They can't have a Roth. Oh, well, if you own your own business, there's ways. There's ways. Usually when we talk about this, there's always some, some form of way we can get you into a Roth IRA. Well, and, and the key on that, it, it's interesting because as if you've been listening to this, you know, Mike and I talk about our kids all the time. Jeff, Jeff mm-hmm. also has a son. But so when we talk about our kids, um, my kids are getting older, right? They're 25, 23, and, and 20 as of recording of this. And my oldest, my son, who has a background in economics, he said to me, he said, you know, Dad, I don't know that I will ever contribute to a pre-tax retirement account, like a 401k, a 403. He said, everything I want to do is now going to be a Roth-based account, a Roth 401k. He's contributing to his Roth 401k now. He said, Dad, it just mathematically to him, now every situation is different. We know, right? We're not making a recommendation saying you, but we are suggesting do the math on this for yourself and, and, or talk to us and let us help you on this. The Roth 401k for my son, he's like, Dad, this is a no-brainer to me. Absolutely. I'm I'm at a spot where I don't know what the tax burden is going to be. I might as well just go ahead and face it head on. And now all of this money is growing tax-free forevermore. I just... Well, um, that, that brings up two points, John, is one is when, you, when um, you look at the tax rates, your son's saying that, right? Right. Is the first thing is, is that he can contribute a whole lot more in a Roth 401k Great than he can point. in a traditional Roth Great IRA. Point. So... You know, he, he's really smart saying, yes, I'm going to do the Roth 401k. The other thing, too, is uh, companies are now matching inside the Roth yes, 401k, whereas changed. before they could not match, right? So it was a lot of people wouldn't do the Roth because they weren't getting, well, they were getting a match, but it was going into the traditional, traditional 401k sure. side, you yeah. know. So, but the other thing, too, is is when we're talking about taxes, you know, the tax law. What do we got? 2000, the end of 2025, right? That's what it's currently right now. Yeah. In, as of law right now, that's what it says, is that the tax rates are going to go higher. So when we're talking about you know tax planning, you got you got two years and three months, right? Before you know, by law, we I know we have to specify by law because they, you know, we have change, an election, right. they could change Always it. change it, yep. Right, you know, but... That, that doesn't mean they couldn't change it to go even higher. For sure. Yeah, right? for sure. You know? well, and, and you're looking at it as, as far as, I think when people look at this conversation, at least when I have the conversation with people, when, when someone is, is saying to me, well, wh- well, should I do a Roth? Should I? Honestly, it, it's you have control, right? It, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a control thing. If I'm going to pay, I'm just pulling a number out of the air, 12% in taxes now versus 12% later, I guess you could argue semantically which one, but realistically to me, it's like I'm in control. If, if I want to pay more in the future, I guess I could, or if I want to give it to charity or the, the, the Roth gives you so much more control to me when you can control your taxes or it's tax free. That's, that's what I, I think of it. Well, and, and more importantly, what if a lot of people don't realize what your son really realizes and when, especially when you're younger, is the time value of money. I mean, sure. it's so significant because, you know, it may not be as big of a concern or as big of an issue when you're later on down the road. But the bottom line is, if you get that, if you, if you pay a little bit of taxes now, and, you know, let's say you do contribute $10,000 into that account, but you're 20 years old, now that $10,000 could be worth $100,000, right. you know, later on down the road when he's ready to take distributions. And so instead of paying taxes on $100,000, now he has $100,000 tax-free. And if you do that every year, think about, you know, the, right. the value. So now we're seeing people that have 
hundreds of thousands of dollars or even, you know, millions of dollars that have some of these tax advantages. And so that becomes important as well. And so I want to circle back, though, Jeff, a little bit because there is some contribution. You um, you you had mentioned you can contribute more to a Roth 401k. So, so what are the contribution limits for just a traditional um, Roth IRA versus a Roth 401k? So an individual under the age of 50 can put in $6,500 for in, into a Roth IRA. Okay. If you're over 50, you can get up to uh, $7,500 per year. $1,000 catch-up. Yeah, catch-up catch provision. Right? Yep. And Where, it's technically not over 50 as someone who turned 50 this year. Oh, it's oh, the year in which you, you turn 50. Oh, you turn 50. I, I, well, you I, I right. had to research that. I was, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly and, right. And in the uh, the Roth 401k, you can contribute, I believe, up to twenty eight thousand dollars in twenty twenty three. It's uh, twenty three thousand dollars in twenty twenty three with a seven thousand dollar catch up. So you can right. do a total of uh, 30. thirty, which was twenty eight last year. I believe. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So twenty twenty three, you get thirty thousand. So yeah, that's what four times as much as you could put into a, a traditional. Absolutely. And, so. and and again, in that in that spot. Um, there are a lot of times when you're making these, when you're when you're, you're you're 50 or older, we see a lot of people that are looking at this, going, "Hey, maybe I had a a life change event. I had a divorce. I, I had a, a you know lost a job and had to spend some of my retirement money. I had to you know spend you know I had some event. So we see a lot of people that are in that catch up situation where that extra contribution really, yeah. If you're 20 years old, you're contributing. That's awesome. You're contributing to it for a, for a 15 year old kid." You're, you're, you're in great, great shape. But for the people listening to this that are in that catch-up situation where they're truly trying to do that, the, the adding to the Roth 401k is such an advantage when you can dump in $30,000 a year. My gosh, that's, that's just that's life-changing for a lot of people. Well, and, and there is that balance, though, we talked about between you know, using the tax-free versus you know, getting that tax deduction, especially if you're some of your higher income earners. Sure. But... Um, when you're looking at that, though, you know, a lot of people think, okay, do I have to choose, you know, do I have to choose to put it into a Roth 401k or do I put it into a traditional um, 401k? So um, do you have to choose which one you put it into? Could you do both? You could do both if you okay. so chose to. So, you know, you look at it now, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day, you know, you look at the big three now, there's no more pensions being handed out. They're saying, hey, we're going to give you 6%. Right, match on on your four hundred one. You're gonna you're gonna do all your self retirement. You know, all by yourself. Self you funding. Have, yep. yep. You have to put it all in there. So, you know, you have to look at that. If you're gonna work for one of these companies for thirty years, right, yeah. and, and you're contributing, you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. When you're done, if you put all of this just just in four hundred one k, not Roth four hundred one k. I mean, you could have well over, you know, a couple million dollars inside there. But the moment you start taking distributions, then you got to figure out, oh, tax well, liability. right. If I yeah. take out too much and I have to pay, you know, 22 or 25 percent in taxes and you don't want to do it. So I think you could either do one of two things. M me personally, because I love not paying taxes at all. Yeah, I would be 100 percent on the Roth side just so that when I do retire, right, I don't. Like you said, John, I have 100% control. If I want to take out 200 grand, I'm going to take out 200 grand. Right, right. And I, and I, don't, I don't owe anybody anything. Well, you and, know? And, and the other part of it is that, that, I, want to, that, that I, think, I think it's a great, great point. But I think you said something there that is 
um, there's still a planning tool for people that that haven't done it yet, right? Yep. So so we didn't really talk much about that. We talked a lot about contribution. Let, let's let's just take a quick second because I don't want to get off this subject. I don't mean to jump around on this, but you mentioned it right there. You said, well, if somebody put in their 401k or 403b or TSP or any of the any of the generic terms for retirement accounts, right? And, and they have, I mean. There's no pensions or very little, I shouldn't say no pensions. There's very little pensions in, especially in the, in the private sector. Um, When somebody retires, they've probably been contributing to that retirement account for 30 years. Mm -hmm. If they've been contributing diligently, they're probably three quarters of a million, a million or more dollars. I mean, that's just statistics, right? Right. So in that situation, what do they then do? What's, what's the, you talked about contribution versus conversion. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, how do you, how do you walk through that one? So what we look for, for the people that are, you know, we, we, we say stuck almost, right? They, they put all this money in there and they feel like they're stuck. They, they can't do anything. They're like, oh, well, I'm just going to have to wait. So I have to start taking RMDs, right? At, at a certain age. And so what we go in is we show them actually how the Roth conversions can help them and their family. You know, one of the ways we do it is we we teach them about maximizing their tax bracket. Okay. You know, so I like that term. If somebody is let's say in a 12% tax bracket and we sit down and we figure out, oh look, we can make another $20,000 and stay in that 12% tax bracket. Well, then I can show them, look, you can convert this $20,000 from your IRA to your Roth IRA, which does add that $20,000 worth of income. But now we successfully got $20,000 over into a tax-free account without jumping in a, a tax bracket whatsoever. And yeah. if, if you look at that, like as, I, as, I'm, as I'm picturing that, so they're paying, yeah, I understand they're paying a little bit more in taxes, but they're still paying in the same bracket they would have been in. So they, so they take $20,000 out. How does, that, how does that work on taxes on the conversion? So what we love to do, right, is say, okay, you got money sitting in the bank, right? So if the money's sitting in the bank... And you convert, you know, let's say $20,000. Sure. So we know at 12%, it's going to cost you $2,400 worth of federal taxes. Okay. And then obviously the great state of Michigan puts their, you know, just over 4% uh, taxes on it. So it, the best way to do it is if you have money in the bank, you would just write the check, right? Pay the taxes on it out of the bank. Okay. Right. In, in some scenarios, if people don't have enough money in the bank, unfortunately, you have to withhold the taxes doing the conversion, okay. which means, you know, only $17,000 is really going to be the net. But you could, you could do it you either could, way. You could okay. do it that way. It's just, you know, your tax-free money is the best money you have. So if I have money sitting in the bank, yes, well, well, now it's finally earning money, which is good. But the same, you have to pay taxes on all the interest it earns, right? right? Where I have a tax-free account, no matter what it does, how much it grows, I don't have to pay any taxes on it. So I want as much money in there as, as possible. There's lots of different tools and technologies great nowadays because you can actually calculate what the tax would be and what the advantage would be over their life expectancy. And and really, whether you're taking the money from your bank or you're doing withholdings, um, it still can be very uh, advantageous. It just may take a, a year or two more to catch up to that where it where it's that where it's uh, that, that that benefit or that break even point in that case scenario. Then it's tax free for the rest of your life. So let let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the advantages and why such an advantageous thing to do. Well, one of the things, you know, like I said, we kind of talked about it earlier. When you look at married couples, married couples, it's one of the best things that they can do for the simple fact is when you're filing a tax return jointly, 
I, I mean, it's, it's basically half, right? right. You could, the, a single person gets about, you could, they can make half of what a married couple does, and, and then they're going to jump tax brackets, right? So for married couples, it usually hits them the hardest is that when they're filing jointly, filing jointly, and then, you know, one of them passes away, then all of a sudden the other person's filing single. Yeah. You know, and we go over this all the time about, you know, when a spouse loses somebody, everybody thinks, oh, I'm, I'm not going to need the same amount of income. No, typically they're going to need the same amount, if not more. Right. Right. And with that being said, they need to have a tax-free avenue to pull money out of to cover expenses that they're going to have. Right. Instead of saying, oh, well, I need an extra five grand. Well, all I have is an IRA to pull it out of, which is going to add five more grand on top of the tax return. And then you guys know, I mean, it could pull five grand in from Social Security, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, this poor, you know, person filing single now is paying 44, 48% taxes on a withdrawal. Whereas if you did the planning properly and, and you got yourself a tax free avenue, you can take that money out and you don't, you know, end up paying 40, 50% in taxes. So yeah. I, 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 that's one of the most important when you ask me as I look at married couples, you know, doing yeah. that. I, I think a lot of people, you know, have this misnomer and, and you've heard it over the years and in, in our in our industry is that, you know, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. So it's not as big a concern um, about having this, you know, this, this uh, taxable money. Um, but a lot of times they don't think about, you know, what you just said, you know, yeah, you may be for a little while, but what happens in, in two cases scenarios, number one, you lose your spouse. And number two, when, when you become the, of age to take your required minimum distributions sure. as well, you know, and, and so those have changed a little bit as time wise, which is basically means now is delaying it, which is now a bigger pot for the government to, to, to get their hands on, you know, and so, um, we have to consider that as well. So, is there a good time to do Roth conversions? Is there a best time, you know, as far as timing is concerned for Roth conversions? So it's funny because you can read a lot of things and they'll be like, oh, well, when the stock market's down, it's a great time to do a, a Roth conversion. Well, what if you have a year where the right. stock market doesn't Keep go down, or, right? Or, or if it goes down further. Right, yeah. you know, so but then <clears throat> so then you have the, the crowd that says, well, January 1st, right? Because I, I want my tax-free money starting as soon as possible. You know? But when you look at it too, depending on the clients you're working with, you know, they have variable things that come up throughout the, the year, right? So if I do a Roth conversion January 1st, and then it turns out they need money, you know, in, in November like or something, something or July, yeah. oh boy, look, now now that withdrawal that they have to take is in a higher tax bracket, sure. right? Yeah. So we didn't do our planning properly. So I like to wait throughout the year just to make sure that nothing, you know, life-changing happens with the people that we work with so that in November I can say, okay, we don't have anything, you know, we didn't need to take any extra money this year. Here's our $30,000 conversion we can do. Let's do it now. So, then I don't have to worry about anything. So you can start planning. What, what, what we see a lot of times, um, and, and, and talked about this with Jeff, I talked about this with Mike and his team, my team talks about this. You can start planning early in the year. Hey, we're going to do a Roth conversion. Let's talk about budgeting. We talked about this in one of our other episodes. Like, what do we do when we talk to someone throughout the year? Hey, we know we're planning on taking a trip to... Hawaii, and that's going to cost us five thousand dollars. Okay, boy, that's too cheap. Right, fifteen wow. fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. And where's that fifteen thousand coming from? Right, and yeah. and so so you start looking at okay, we have these budgetary things, and you, hey, for the year you're going to be at 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 income X, you're in this bracket. Then yeah, I, I love that idea, Jeff, because years ago I remember the law used to be you could do a Roth conversion, and you could go back and and kind of recharacterize it and undo some of it, right? So you could kind of guess a little, and, and it made sense to do it earlier in the year. Now, once you do it, 
it's done, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when you do have the bigger ones, though, you know, like if you have a client who's, who's able to do forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, you can come in, you know, the first week of January and say, okay, we're going to do 10000 right now because the chances of a, them needing $50,000 sure. is drastically low. Sure. You know, so we might do a partial one at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I guess I guess the cliche, right? When the stock market's down, you know, we 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 want to take some money if we can and do a conversion so that when the the market does recover, we recovered it and and it was 100% tax free. Yeah, I mean, timing wise, we we try to time it, but you're never going to be perfect with never. timing. So never. it just kind of like you have to make the decisions based on the information you have in front of you. So so timing, but I, I guess what I'm hearing is, you know, toward the end of the year, oftentimes just in case there's emergencies or other things that are happening. Um, but you're right. You know, we have some of our middle class millionaires that are that are jumping a couple of tax brackets purposefully because they have such large, you know, seven figure um, IRAs, and so they're 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 trying to get up to the next tax bracket. So it may not be as big a concern about you know trying to time it all because we we'll leave a ten or twenty thousand dollar wiggle room in those case scenarios. Right. You know, right. But so I, let's talk. We talk about timing of the year. But is there ages that are more appropriate then as well? I mean, is there a, a, the best time for age age wise? Well, we love to always say, you know, the people who are pre RMD, right? Because that gives us the most room to work with. But it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a sixty year old or if you're a ninety year old, right? Because when you look at it, you know, uh, the inheritance. You know, it used to be you get you right. used to be able to stretch an IRA based off your life expectancy, which for some people was over thirty years. Thirty, forty years. Right. Yeah. Now yeah. it's ten years. Yeah. Right. And the funny thing is, what what what's the RMD next year? When when are they going to let everybody know? Right. right. They can't figure out if they're going to if you're going to have to take RMDs or if you can wait the full ten years and then cash it out. But it's so important to say, okay, if I'm going to leave any money to my children and my grand, whoever your beneficiaries are. If they keep the law the way it is, they get to keep that money 10 years at a tax-free growth if you leave it to them in a it's Roth. life-changing. Right. So, I mean, when you think about it, if you're 60 years old, right, and we start doing conversions and you live to 90, right, that's 30 years of tax-free money. Sure. Then you leave it to your beneficiaries and they get another. T- so you get 40 years of tax-free money. I, I don't think anybody's going to complain about the, the 12% they're paying today to get 40 years of tax-free Absolutely money. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, and, I, and and the advantage, obviously, of look, looking at that, too, is is understanding. And, you know, we as a holistic planning firm have the, um, the, the accountants that can actually do some of those calculations. And so we can look and we would know pretty, you know, pretty accurately what that tax burden would be. And so... Um, I am going to caution anybody that's that's thinking about doing Roth conversions and doing Roth conversions that you do seek a professional advice um, to look at the taxes and look at what's going on um, because you know you you don't want to put yourself in a, in a in a worse situation by just you know trying to be too aggressive when it comes down to that. So, Mike, that's a great point. You know, we don't want anybody just running out today and saying, "Oh, I want to get a Roth." You know, I'm going to do a Roth conversion. They just convert money without even seeking. You know, a, a, a tax advice from a professional, you know, and that's what we were talking about earlier, us being holistic advisors, you know, we have a FSA tax and accounting, right, right, where we have CPAs, where when the people come in to see us, we say, okay, we have our CPA to actually calculate these numbers, you know, they don't work for us, you know, FSA advisors. They, it's FSA tax and accounting, you know. A separate so, division. Uh, separate yeah. division, yeah. you and know. And they have to sign the, the appropriate disclosure so that we can talk back and forth, et cetera. Correct. But, but, but it's still there as a 
Right, and you're getting the, the the exact numbers that you need so that, you know, we can do our job as advisors instead of just guessing, you know, like some advisors say, oh, yeah, sure, just do $10,000. No, we, we want to do it, and we want to maximize that tax bracket. Well, Mike, I think as, as we in, – in, in Jeff, thank you so much for being here. I think that's, that's thank you, Jeff. absolutely fantastic stuff. We could talk about this for, for hours. Yes. Because I, th- <laughs> I think that's a that's a really key point as we kind of jump into our, our holistic happenings idea. That was one of the things I kind of wanted to bring up is that I, I literally had this conversation. Jeff used the word people a lot of times will guess like the advisor might guess. I literally uh, uh, had this conversation – um, at, at a at a workshop the other day where people were talking about that, I had multiple different people come up to me after it at a workshop and say, you know, I like that you guys have a plan with this because this is complex stuff and I see where it benefits me, but I need a plan because my current person doesn't have a plan. They're just they're just kind of winging it. So let, let's let's jump into our holistic happenings if we could. Oftentimes when we do these workshops and these seminars, we oftentimes have um, prospects that are actually, they have an advisor and they're looking for maybe for some other options or they might be interviewing advisors as well. Sure. And so oftentimes what they're doing is going to many different workshops. And um, ultimately, I, I've had many, many uh, individuals that have turned clients over the years that are, that are um, you know, interviewing and going to these different workshops. And, and it's funny because sometimes they have a, you know, they'll, they'll go to a workshop or, or a seminar and then they go see the, um, you know, the planner and it's more uh, of a one uh, solution for everybody, you right, know? Right, and right. so I see that oftentimes and, and then other times they'll go in there and it's, it's, um, it's more about the investments themselves and more about, you know, maybe rate of return and which what is, I, which is important, which is, is important. That's, but that's one aspect. And, and there are many advisors out there, you, you know, that, that are really, really good at investing. Um, but there's a difference between that accumulation phase and that distribution phase as well when we're dealing with that stuff. Right, right. And so ultimately, a lot of times what we're finding is that, that people are, are working with us and hiring us because we have that full holistic picture. And it's not just, I mean, investments is very important. There's no question about it. But we had a, you know, a big, huge conversation about the importance of Roths and Roth conversion. And, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're dealing with individuals that there's just this lost opportunity. You know, they've had this advisor for many, many years, and they didn't realize that they could have contributed to a Roth IRA or right. they, or their spouse could have contributed for, for a Roth IRA. And so we're doing some of those things. Or, yeah. or in some situations, it goes the opposite way. There is too much of something. And, and what I mean by that, our, our next, uh, um, our, one of our next conversations, we'll talk a little bit more about like charitable giving and stuff like that down the road. So stay tuned for that. But you can, can, you can convert too much to a Roth and co- different parts of your life and cause yourself to have to pay some pre- extra premiums on your Medicare. Right, so that if you don't have a good plan, you might underdo it or not have enough planning, or you might put yourself in almost a penalty situation. So either one, you want to hit that sweet spot, and you need to talk to somebody who 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 does this for a living, who has this as part of their planning process. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're not getting <clears throat> this advice from your existing advisors, that that's obviously why we're doing this podcast and why a lot of people do hire our, our teams as well. For that exact reason, and and if you do want to go to one of our workshops, um, you can go to our website fsa1.com, and you can see our upcoming seminars, and mostly in Southeast Michigan, and and where they're where where they are, and, and sign up there, um, or you can contact us directly at one eight hundred nine seven seven nine two nine two. 
Um, I think it's a good time to wrap up, John. Sure, absolutely. I think that's a good, good, lot of good conversation. Again, as always, we could go for hours on some of these subject matters. So as Mike said, um, if you want to, if you want to listen in, use the contact points he mentioned. If you want to ask specific questions about your specific situation, give us a call, reach out, and, and, and we can set up some time and, and, and help in that regard yeah, too. Yeah, and it's a complimentary first meeting with us as well. All right. Well, I'm Mike Wallace. Thank you. I'm John Sauger. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Insurance products are offered through the Insurance Business Financial Services of America. Financial Services of America is also a financial services practice that offers securities products and services through AE Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. FSA is also an investment advisory practice that offers investment advisory products and services through Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA do not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by FSA are not subject to regulatory requirements and standards of care applicable to registered representatives and are not subject to investment advisory requirements. AEFS, FSAA, and FSA are not affiliated companies. Any and all all other services referenced are an outside business activity not offered through or supervised by AE Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, or Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA and any other entities are all separate and not affiliated entities. FSA advisors may refer you to local CPAs for tax services, including our business partnership with FSA Tax and Accounting and attorneys for estate planning services, including our strategic partnership with Benjamin T. Bader PLLC, if needed, to coordinate and collaborate with you and your advisor on your holistic financial plan with proper written authorization. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. FSAA and AEFS are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by FSAA and AEFS. Please remember that converting an employer plan account to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. Increased taxable income from the Roth IRA conversion may have several consequences, including but not limited to a need for additional tax withholding or estimated tax payments, the loss of certain tax deductions and credits, and higher taxes on Social Security benefits and higher Medicare premiums. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. Case number 3231581, November 2023.